everyone. Welcome to Scary Ladies. Today we're going to talk about a lady that I think almost everyone knows, or at least has heard the rhyme that was created during her trial, and that lady is Lizzie Borden. It might surprise you to know that Lizzie Borden was acquitted of the crime of murdering her parents, and the famous song about Lizzie Borden taking an axe is actually pretty inaccurate. Before we talk about the crime, though, let's dive into a little bit more about Lizzie Borden herself. Lizzie Andrew Borden was born on July 19, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts. She was born to Sarah Anthony Borden and Andrew Jackson Borden. She was born into a pretty wealthy family, but her father actually grew up in a pretty modest household and struggled financially throughout his life. He eventually became successful with the sale of furniture and caskets, and he was also a successful property developer. It was reported that he was very frugal with his money. So frugal that the Borden house even lacked indoor plumbing. And indoor plumbing was actually very common among wealthier households during that time. They also didn't live in the most fashionable neighborhood. There was a neighborhood called The Hill that a lot of the Borden's family lived in. Um, but Lizzie Borden, her sister, and her mother and father actually didn't live on The Hill, even though they definitely had enough money to. When Lizzie's father died, his estate was valued at about $300,000, which is equivalent to around $9 million today. In 1863, Sarah Borden, Lizzie's mom, passes away, and I think this is a really big turning point for Lizzie and her sister. Three years afterwards, Anthony Borden, their father, would marry Abby Durfee Gray. It's reported that Lizzie Borden and the now Mrs. Borden, as Lizzie called her, had a cordial relationship, but... She believed that Abby had married her father for his wealth. After the marriage, this is where we see a thinning of Lizzie Borden's relationship with her father. Besides the marriage to Abby, there were a few things her father did that Lizzie disagreed with. For instance, it was reported that once in May of 1892, Andrew killed multiple pigeons that were roosting in their barn because they were attracting neighborhood kids to his property. Lizzie had recently built a roost for these pigeons, and it was said that Lizzie was extremely upset over this. Tensions grew within the family as Andrew, Lizzie's father, gifted a considerable amount of real estate to Abby's family. There seemed to be a lot of disputes over property between the Borden sisters and their father and stepmother. It was reported that Lizzie's uncle, her deceased mother's brother, even came to the household several days before the famed murders to talk real estate with her father, Andrew. This is believed to have furthered the tensions still. A few days before the murders, the whole family was reported to have a serious bout of food poisoning from mutton that was left on the stove too long. But the stepmother, Abby, feared poisoning, as Lizzie's father was not a very popular man amongst the townspeople. On the day of the murders, John Morse, Lizzie's uncle, was sleeping in the guest room. Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, and Bridget, the Borden's maid, were also present in the household that day. Morse left around 9 a.m. that day to buy a pair of oxen and visit another family member who also resided in Fall River. Andrew left for a walk sometime shortly thereafter. It was reported that Abby, Lizzie's stepmom, went upstairs between the hours of 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. to make the bed. There is reports that this was a little strange as she usually had the girls, one of the girls, make the bed. This, unfortunately, is where she was killed. It is reported that she was facing her killer at the time of the attack. She was struck first to the side of the head with a hatchet, which caused her to fall to the floor. Her killer then struck her multiple times to the back of the head, eventually killing her. When Andrew returned from his walk around 10.30 a.m., he noticed that his key did not seem to open the front door, so he knocked in an attempt to get in. The maid, Bridget, heard the knocks and tried to open the door for him, but it seemed to be jammed. 
It was reported by the maid that at this time she heard Lizzie laughing from somewhere upstairs. This was never confirmed, and Lizzie later denied these claims. Sometime later, when Andrew was led into the house, Lizzie states that she helps him with his boots and puts on his slippers as he lays down on the sofa for a nap. She is said to have notified Bridget, the maid, of a department store sale going on in town and states that she should go. But Bridget doesn't want to go, and she finds this a little strange. Instead, she goes upstairs to take a nap as she is feeling unwell. Bridget would later testify that she went to her third floor bedroom, and then around 11 a.m., she heard Lizzie call from downstairs saying, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. When Bridget came down the stairs, she saw Andrew Borden slumped on the couch. His shoes were still on, and he had been struck multiple times with a hatchet. They called the family physician, who arrived at the home from across the street. He determined that the attack was recent, and Andrew died most likely around 11 a.m. The police investigation into the murders was criticized as being sloppy and unorganized, and the police even admitted that while Borden's alibi and answers to their questions was suspect, they did not do a proper search of her room or check her for bloodstains. In the basement of the house, police did find tools that could have been used as the murder weapon, including a hatchet with a broken handle. However, nothing was taken from the Borden house until August 6th, when police conducted a more thorough search of the house. On August 11th, after suspicious activity, including ever-changing stories of what happened that day and where she was at the time of the murders, Lizzie Borden was arrested for the murder of her father and stepmother. Borden's trial began on June 5, 1983. While such evidence as Lizzie's faltering alibi and that Lizzie was seen burning a dress days after the murder because she had quote-unquote brushed against wet paint was persuasive and persecuting her for the crimes, the jury eventually acquitted Borden after an hour and a half of deliberation. After she was acquitted, because Abby, the stepmom, died before Lizzie's father, the estate went to the girls instead of Abby's family. Lizzie and her sister moved into a large, modern house after the trial where Lizzie remained until her death. Lizzie Borden changed her name to Elizabeth Borden after the trials, and unfortunately she was shunned by most of the town of Fall River. She stopped going to church and really stopped walking down in the town of Fall River. Why she didn't move is questionable, but there is a quote saying that Elizabeth said that she did not move because she knew the killer was going to come to light. And when the killer came to light, she was going to walk down the town of Fall River and basically gloat because the townspeople were so mean to her after the trial. Lisbeth became very into hosting parties and supporting local actors and actresses at her house. This is how she came to host a party for Nance O'Neill. Her sister, however, moved out in 1905 following a disagreement with Lizzie over the party. Lisbeth had... Lisbeth Borden was the main suspect in her parents' murders for the rest of her life. There are many podcast books and shows that have theories as to if she did it, and if so, why. But this isn't the end of her story. What we do know about Lizzie, now turned Lisbeth Borden, is that she was actually an animal lover. One Sunday afternoon in 1913, a woman visited Lisbeth to ask her for help to fund an old and abused draft horse care center. Lisbeth was quick to help fund a barn that housed these abused horses and provide them with care. Shortly afterwards, this barn turned into what, to this day, is called the Fall River Animal Rescue League. According to one article written by WhereHistory.org, Lizzie not only funded the start of the league, but would often visit, making sure she personally inspected the premises. 
After her death, Elizabeth donated $30,000, which is around $80,000 today, to the League, with her only request being that they took care of her three dogs when she passed away. She is even quoted saying, I have been fond of animals, and their need is great, and there are so few who care for them. According to the Fall River Animal Rescue League website, Elizabeth Borden's final donation to the League was invested by its board of directors, and the organization continues to see its benefits. If you visit the League, you can even see her picture under the founders. Did Lizzie Borden actually kill her dad and her stepmom? That remains to be seen, and will probably remain to be seen until the end of time. What she certainly did do was give her money and time to building an organization that still reaps the benefits and helps lost and abused animals in Fall River, Massachusetts to this day. Borden died of pneumonia on June 1, 1927 in Fall River at the age of 67. Her sister died nine days later at the age of 76. The house that Lizzie Borden grew up in is now a museum and a bed and breakfast. The axe head that was used in the trial is preserved along with other pieces of evidence at the Fall River Historical Society. If you want to hear more about Lizbeth or Lizzie Borden, there is a podcast. I think it's just called the Lizzie Borden Podcast. There is also numerous books and plays. So there is a lot of information out there regarding Lizzie Borden uh, if you'd like to learn more about this one scary lady. Until next time.